Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. $99.90, Jasper Avenue. Go down, see Rebecca and her staff at Roos Chris. Tell them Oilers Now sent you. And hey, this is Brendan's favorite day. Date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. You want to jump in here on that, or you just want? No, I don't know what to say about that. Well, I don't know. Nothing yeah. better than going to Roos for a date, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Based <laughs> on your charming personality, I'm amazed you don't have more opportunities to capitalize on those sort of things. Oh, I do. But you're being a good guy right now, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, seeing where this goes right now. All right. Well, keep it going. That's all we need to say. I know there's broken hearts all over Edmonton <laughs> as we listen right now. Craig Simpson joins us right now from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hello, Craig. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Just having some fun with my man, you know, because yeah, he's... Brent, good. Br- you got to needle him a little bit. For Brent, sure. He's got to get out of the booth there a little bit and get uh, get some good nights out. Oh, don't worry. He's already thought about pushing me out of the press box a couple times during the Oilers games this year. So it's just a matter of time. Uh, I'm just Wally Pip, and he's ready to be Lou Gehrig. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, Craig, where do, where do we start here? I mean, here we are. It's, it's March the 7th. Um, I certainly didn't expect the team to be in the position that they're in. Did you? Uh, no, I, I don't think. Uh, what twenty seventh in the overall standings is uh, uh, not something that I, I think anybody would have thought. It's been a, a categorically uh, disappointing, to say the least, season. So, you know, I, I think the one thing at these times, uh, you know, it's another. Uh, pit in your stomach as a player where you're at, uh, you know the season's winding down, coming to an end uh, you know, I, I think if you're on that team as a player you got to say, okay, where do I fit in? And, you know, how do you rescue a disappointing season if you've had a bad one? Uh, how do you secure maybe a spot uh, in in next year's uh, lineup by, by finishing strong? And, you know, every player in that room has a little bit of a different feel there's guys with expiring contracts there's guys you know needing a new one there's guys in the middle of uh, long deals that have been struggling and you know I, I think you can't help but think um, even more so than the you know let's face it the 10 years prior there were a lot of moments where you didn't know what was going to happen but you didn't necessarily feel you're out of the woods uh, you've got now you know one of the best player in the league, one of the best players in the league, and uh, you've got another as a supporting role. I heard you talking about Leon, um, you know, who's now done that uh, with his season that he's turned that early little disappointment around to playing his best hockey. So I think you have to be, you know, are you are you wanting to be all in so that you're a part of the solution and you're part of the future, or 
is your play going to slip so that uh, it's pretty evident that you're going to be uh, another departure? And I think that's always the difficult time during these last 16 games of what's been a nightmarish season. Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers joining us. Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Craig, is it too simple to look at save percentage and uh, power play and PK, which are all 31st, and say it all starts there? Well, uh, I mean, that's indicative of where you are. <laughs> I think... Uh, you can't expect to be much better than the bottom, uh, at least the bottom third, and if not the bottom five, like they are when you have those kind of horrific numbers. And it's been, you know, an Achilles heel the entire season long. And probably the most uh, puzzling is, you know, the the inability of the power play to to at least find some continuity or some click. You've got. You know, a top five scorer in the league in McDavid and another guy, a point-per-game guy in Dreisaitl, and uh, you haven't been able to find a way. So, uh, you know, the save percentage has a lot of different uh, underlying problems with it. I I still think that fundamentally what, to me, uh, differentiates this year from last is I thought they made really good strides. Now, some of it may be overshadowed by uh, an excellent year by by the goaltender, uh, but still, I, I think there's always this sort of halfway point that you know, the excellence of the goaltender comes from more predictable, better play in front, uh, and then every now and then when you make a mistake, your goaltender's got to be able to bail you out. Well, that didn't happen this year from the goaltender bailing you out, but I think they really uh, fundamentally took a step back of, forgetting how to be a, a conscientious, good defensive team. I, I can't remember how many times we talked about that last year from the development of the team of learning how to be a solid uh, checking team with good sticks and turning pucks over and good positioning. And I, I think for far too many times, right from the day one, or maybe not day one, that was one of their better games, but from day two, let's say, of the season, uh, it, it, uh, it eluded them and uh, at times just horrifically. So, you know, that to me is always when you look around the league and watch other games, you can tell a well-played game and a really hard checking team and a team that doesn't give you any uh, open space or time. And, you know, far too often with this team, it's been the exact opposite. So I think they're related in terms of the goaltender's struggle. Uh, part of it is, you know, not knowing if the backside's covered off, or do I only have to focus on the shooter? And as soon as you're a goaltender that is questioning those things, you know how quickly the game happens that you know, that's where things start to fall apart, not only with the goaltender's play, but now with the decision-making in front of them. We're joined by Craig Simpson, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Um, Craig, game two, second period, 2-1 game. Talbot gives up a tough short side goal, a quick pull, Okay. Game four against Ottawa, that was a mercy hook in that game because the Oilers were down and out and and not looking good. But do you think, you know, when a guy like Talbot, who was fourth in the league in Vezina voting the year before, do you think something like that can... I mean, even though he's he's a 30-year-old goaltender, he had a great year, 42 wins, can that get to a guy a bit and put him in a negative... uh, Oh, I think it was a horrific start, especially off of a shutout win. Uh, and as as you know, and the viewers ne- or the listeners don't necessarily, I, I called you right after that game. And for me, the antenna were up right away going, you know, part of the respect factor from a 
relationship from goalie to coach is that you have to have each other's back and you know you have to earn that and it takes a while and I, I go back to I said before Cam's first year was one that it took a while to earn the trust of the head coach and yeah. Nielsen took some of the run there but after the season they had last year after the game one where he was excellent and had a shutout I just think that planted in my mind anyways a, an enormous seed whether it's a not necessarily even a seed of doubt, but a, a you know a, a negative seed of you know who would you would you pull or bench McDavid in game two after a hat trick in game one because he had a couple bad shifts and I, I think that really set the tone for the the struggles early on and you can never get inside a goaltender's head and really see you know what what's different from this year last is the preparation any different is. You know, the confidence different. You can always tell a goaltender who's playing well and feels good about himself because of the calmness in, his, in the crease and yeah. the, the way that a goaltender tracks the puck. And I just thought that was a horrific way to start the season and and the bit of the relationship between your number one goalie and your coach to start. Yeah, and the game against Ottawa, to me, that he was doing, uh, Todd was doing him a favor in the game against Ottawa because the Oilers, by that point, they didn't have dry settle in the lineup and they got housed in their own barn. I'll never forget, I'm going to go old school on you, Craig, but Fernando Valenzuela in his <laughs> in his rookie year and Lasorda was managing the Dodgers and it was a playoff game and he did not have his good stuff. And, you know, people are like, and they kept him in there and they, the Dodgers ended up winning like 6-5. But, yeah. you know, Valenzuela walked five guys and gave up eight hits, but he fought through the game and got the win. And and I, I put it this way. If that was a playoff game, I'm certain Todd McClellan sticks with Cam Talbot in that situation. But uh, it, is a, it is a different era of players. Like, uh, when you're a forward, and I'm sure this happened to you in, in Pittsburgh, when you weren't going in, in Pittsburgh early in your career, you did get yanked. And, oh, yeah. and with your era of players, that's just the way it was, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that's where I'm getting back to the, uh, you know, the trust factor and, and the earned uh, the right to have, a, you know, an off night or an off few shifts because uh, you've got to show that you do have the will, you do have the drive, you do put the effort in. And I, I didn't necessarily uh, dispute it or disagree with it in in cam's first year that was a difficult start going from a backup you didn't know whether you had yeah. you know the mental toughness to be the everyday goalie and you kind of got to prove it on a new team but after the year he had and and maybe it is just maybe too simple to say you, you know the kind of year that cam had last year maybe did uh protect some of the weaknesses that were still evident in this team's game but i, I did think last year collectively as a group. It's the first time I've seen this group um, show that they could play that, that all-around game and, and really focus on the defensive side. And You know, I see it around the league where good teams, well, the team that's coming in here, uh, the New York Islanders early on, were scoring their way out of problems, and the offense was the thing that was allowing them to have a pretty good start. But in between, they've just totally lost any sense of the de- uh, defensive cohesiveness, and it's just killed them. And I, I would say very much the same path has happened with this team this year. Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. So 31st and save percentage. Simple question. Do you think Talbot can bounce back? I do. Yeah, I, I do too. I, You know, a lot of factors have to 
come through that. I, I think that you look at goaltenders. I, I will use Craig Anderson as an example. I mean, Craig, the one thing you don't want to have as a goaltender is the reputation of good year, bad year, or, you know, you can really fall off the ledge. And Craig's had that in spades where, yep. you know, he got traded from Colorado because he was kind of, he was just a disaster in terms of consistency and then went on an incredible run in Ottawa and then had a sort of off bad year the next year. And then, you know, last year's incredible run with so much was going on. And yep. he's kind of had that history of he can be great and then he'll lose it. And so you wonder, you know, that's why you have to marvel at, especially the goaltender position more than any other. If you can be an every year consistent player, it's, it really is a testament to your mental toughness. And so, I, I think you learn from every year. You learn from every experience. And I think Cam will be one that uh, will be really trying to just recharge the battery and refocus himself. And I agree with you. I think he's a he's a good goaltender who should be able to bounce back from what's been a really disappointing year. Well, and I, I mean, the coaches are smart too, right? They're going to learn and they're, they're, they keep growing all the time too. And that's that's part of good people. Keep, good people want to keep getting better. And I, I look at the power play, Craig, and they had a bad year in San Jose, right? One, one of those years they had a bad year and they bounced back and they got it figured out on the power play. But if you had told me, Craig, at the start of the year that a power play that was second in the NHL from December 1st on last season finished fifth overall, if you had told me that that power play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on it would be 31st right now at the start of the season, I mean, no way anybody saw that coming at all. No, and I guess where you have to dissect it, uh, well, I, I would imagine they've tried that uh, when you're 66 games in yeah. numerous times is, you know, look back to what's the difference? Where, what's the difference from last year to this? Uh, were, you, were you systematically a lot different? The personnel has changed a little, but not much. Uh, obviously, uh, every team has the ability then to say, okay, when, when you have a, a power play that's so effective, the next year you're you're going to get much more scrutiny and you're going to get a lot more uh, defensive type coaching on uh, on how to try to shut you down. So, uh, you know, it, it is, as I said, uh, and it's been much documented, you talk about it probably every day, the, the special teams have been just uh, such a killer to, to have the variance of, you know, not being able to get anything done power play wise and then the home and away, the, the fact that you could even be the best uh, penalty killing team on the road, but yet still be dead last in the National Hockey League is, is just mind boggling. Well, they have, in fairness, started to kill a little bit better here uh, over the last uh, 10 games or so, so that's a good thing. But the power play for me remains a conundrum. They did get some chances. They got a power play goal the other game in the yeah. victory. Craig uh, Simpson joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Craig, some uh, quick hitters for you. The NHL PA. Uh, had their members vote on a bunch of things. Uh, not a surprise. Yep. Mc- McDavid was selected number one as the player you'd best like to start a franchise with. Uh, over, uh, I think, about 47%. So that bodes well for everybody here at Edmonton. Uh, the ice at Rogers Place was voted second best behind the Bell Center. I know that there were some challenges early last year. I know they worked on it. Uh 
and I know they're really focused on the refrigeration process yeah. in the building because I'm in there freezing my you-know-what off, and the guys have been kind enough to to get our little uh, spot up in the press box there heated for the show because it is frigid, man. It is cold in that uh, arena between about 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock. How much does ice matter for players? I mean, you played in the uh, league. I, I think it, it matters greatly, and I, I think if you're putting together your group and you have uh, – you know, the player voted the fastest in the league, which Connor was by the players. Um, you know, that has to be a, a focal point of building your team. And I, I think uh, it's, it's a testament to, you know, there are some buildings around the league. It, it's, it's trying to get better, but that I don't think do enough to say, okay, this is unacceptable. We have to find a, a way and get as much information and get as much expertise to try to change the problem because, if I'm building my team around the fastest guy in the league, I've got to build a fast team around him, and I've got to have the tools uh, for him to work on at least half the time. You, you can't affect where you play on the road and what those conditions are like, but you know, I've always felt that that was a big edge for Edmonton in the old days when the ice was good there. You just you have such better pace. The puck sits flatter. You're able to make plays. You're able to execute at a high level, and I think, you know, much has been talked about, uh, you know, kind of late on the curve of uh, trying to build a team that was maybe a little bit bigger to be able to play in the West. Uh, but I think you look around the league, the success around the league are good two-way teams that are fast. And uh, I think, you know, they're behind the curve in that mark. But when you look at, okay, you've got one of the better ice surfaces, and I, I – firmly believe that the people in charge of the building are going to keep working on that, trying to get that to even number one. Uh, but now you've got to look at your group and say, well, I, I should then have one of the faster teams in the league, and I've got to build my group around it. And, you know, unfortunately in that regard, I, I think they're about two years behind in that uh, development. Well, every move we would expect that Peter Sorelli makes moving forward, I'm sure, with forwards in particular, there's yeah. going to be emphasis in adding some skill. Uh, the ice was great at Northlands back in the day, and I, I know you've told stories about coming from Pittsburgh to Edmonton's practices, and uh, it took a little bit of an adjustment, didn't it? Well, it did, but it also was like going from your neighborhood outdoor rink you know, to a pristine glass uh, uh, speed skating rink. I mean, it really was that much of a difference, and I think teams always felt it that when you went into Edmonton as a visitor, all of a sudden the pace of the game was just at, at such a higher level, partly be because of the team you were playing against, but you had the ability to play at that level and you know make tape-to-tape passes that weren't bouncing all around. And so I, I, that's, that's why I said I'm glad to hear that the players themselves feel the ice surfaces at that kind of uh, high level, but then that has to be a real focus on you know, maintaining that through the busy times that this building is going to continue to be on. But now you got to build your team around so that you have a distinct advantage with, with that kind of ice surface. Two more questions for Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers. One involves Ethan Bear. Uh, because we have some people that are like, just keep playing Bear up here. Uh, I am not one of those individuals. I think he goes back down to Bakersfield and maybe gets another look-see late in the year. I'd like to know what you think about that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I said, uh, what, two weeks ago or so that, you know, given 27th in the league where you're at, 
it has to be a, a time to look in your organization and what do you have? Who can play? And I, I think even as a fan, you know, on the back end especially, you know what Chris Russell is. You know if uh, Sector is banged up or Larson's banged up. Uh, get them healthy, give them a little time, and use some of the bodies that you have. And, you know, I answer it in two ways. I think as an analyst, you go, I understand uh, giving Bear an opportunity. And it's it's one of those times that I don't think you're, you know, gratuitously give him just the opportunity just because. You, you want him to learn and get a feel for how much quicker it is and uh, how how differently you have to play at an NHL level to stay in, in the lineup. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, one of those things that will serve them well. Uh, I don't think you want him to stay an extremely long time if he's not prepared to be there and, uh, you know, maybe go backwards in your development a bit. But uh, I think the timing's fine. You know, as uh, Bob, as you know, as a dad, if I'm answering as a dad, I would say, you know, I, I'd love to see Dylan Simpson play uh, some games. He's had three in four years, and I think down the lineup, you've got some tough decisions as Peter Shirelli going. I either have to bundle up some of my assets to get better and bring in, if it is going to be a, a deal for an Ekman Larson, or you're going to have to give up some bodies. So, A, you've got to give them an opportunity to see what you've got, and B, you know, I, I just think that... Uh, uh, staying with the status quo through the end uh, doesn't necessarily serve anybody well. And I think this is a time where you've got to take some of it. They don't have a lot of depth in the, in Bakersfield, especially at the forward position. I think you've documented that. They, yep. they have trouble scoring goals. And so I, I think you're going to have to um, package up some, some assets, and whether that's players or just uh, – uh, draft picks, but I think clearly this team needs to be of that mode of making some deals for players who can be impactful going forward. And so I don't think you you just leave the status quo down the end and play it through. And I think you got to find out what you have in your organization, whether that means being able to trade them to another team that gets a sense of what you've got as well. All right, one final one for you. It has to do with a tweet that you put out today. You've had uh, you've long been a supporter of Special Olympics Canada. Uh, just a thought on that. Yeah, I, I just think it's a really important program to, you know, your words matter. And uh, the the use of the word retard or retarded uh, have been so hurtful for kids. And we always say try to end the use of the R word. And, you know, people use derogatory terms that at sometimes they don't feel are even derogatory to other people. And for people with special needs and uh, definitely in the sporting world of Special Olympics, you know, it is really damaging to the athletes and to the young people and the older people who uh, are dealing with that. So I, I think what our our words, uh, you know, really do do matter and mean a lot. And uh, that's part of our program is to try to end the use of that word in any derogatory uh, situation. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Special Olympics is a big part. Uh, Jamie is on the board of Special Olympics Canada. We're she was a, a honorary coach at the World Games, and uh, I, I will say, Bob, being a part of the World Games and watching the athletes is one of the most moving experiences of my life. They really are some special people, and to, to see them competing against each other and the sportsmanship that they have is uh, uh, really quite amazing. Awesome stuff, Craig. Thanks for your time. 
All right, Bob. Thanks for bringing it up. You bet. That is Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Hey, if you're looking for a great sports hockey road trip this fall, Sweden in Germany, follow Oilers now with New West travel to Europe in October. The Oilers have a exhibition game in Germany and then a season opener, a lid lifter in Sweden against the New Jersey Devils. Your new West travel package will include flights, hotels, game tickets, welcome receptions. Register now for the Oilers Now hockey road trip to Sweden and Germany. Space will be limited. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com. Late into the break, it's 12.57. Uh, up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Alan May out of uh, NBC Washington to talk a bit about all things hockey, uh, specifically maybe in the Eastern Conference. This is Orders Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.